0: Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association, N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
1: Welcome to episode number seven of Fantasy Bites. As usual, I'm Joe Bartle. We're back and better than ever. This time talking to Eric Halterman, who gives some tips and tricks to get you started in KBO DFS. Starting next week, we'll begin a dynasty football-focused series as we await the return of other sports, so stay tuned for that as well. Without further ado, enjoy! And I'm joined today with Eric Altman, who has been really our KBO expert on the scenes. I know Jeff Erickson had his spot on ESPN during the KBO game, which was excellent, but really you've been one of our point men when it comes to diving into the KBO coverage and helping expand upon the sport that wasn't something we covered like two months ago.
2: Yeah, it's uh, been a pleasant surprise. I would have considered myself a MLB writer a couple months ago, but I guess I'm a KBO <laughs> writer now. It's, uh, you can, you're, you're
1: a nice. dual, dual sport man now. You can do KBO and MLB, and it's great because you've done a lot of different articles for the site, whether it be DFS or even just breaking down different games. Uh, and I'm sure throughout the podcast you'll talk about ones that you could you know point point listeners and readers to. Uh, but really this podcast I want to uh, focus on three of the big topics or three of the big central points if you are trying to get into KBO, DFS, and understand it what's the best route and what are some things you have to keep in mind when doing so so i'll kind of toss it to you for this number three spot and uh what you think is most important for getting into kbo DFS.
2: sounds good well there's a secret bonus number four topic which is to adjust your sleep schedule such that you're awake at 3:30 a.m central time or whatever it is so that you can uh plug in your lineups after the lineups are released but we'll uh Breeze through that one, so we're not uh, recommending unhealthy lifestyle choices on this podcast.
1: Hey, you're talking to the eSports editor. I I know all about unhealthy
2: lifestyle choices when it comes to covering different sports. Well, I'm in good company then, (laughs) it sounds like. (laughs) Number three. Yeah, so number three, one, if you are quite unfamiliar with the KBO and want to jump straight into a KBO DFS contest, uh, the main thing you want to know is Foreign players in the KBO are almost by a rule good. Um, And that's not in any way saying that Korean players aren't good. It's just that there's so many Korean players on every team. Uh, The KBO has a rule where each team is only allowed to sign three non-Korean players. Uh, You get two pitchers and one hitter. And so assuming that a KBO team's foreign scouts are good, uh, they're going to get good players, right? You got a limited... Limited amount of slots, you're going to use them pretty well. And from what I've seen so far this year, the vast majority of teams are indeed using those spots well, uh, with one exception being the Key womb Heroes signed Taylor Motter, a uh, utility guy who had some largely unsuccessful MLB experience. They cut him after 10 games because he apparently wasn't fitting in in the country at all, and you can see that in his numbers. But the vast majority of foreign players. If you see somebody with uh, MLB experience, he's going to be good because, like I said, they they have a limited limited amount that they're allowed to have. So they're they're almost always going to be you know two of the team's top three starters and one of the team's main sluggers. Almost it's almost always sluggers on offense. You've got uh, Roberto Ramos of the LG Twins, who was a former uh, Colorado Rockies minor leaguer. He made the jump actually at age twenty five, which is Pretty rare. Normally guys take a few failed shots at the MLB before coming over, but he actually was just playing in AAA last year, put up big numbers, but realized he was blocked at the MLB level and jumped over to Korea. And he's leading the league with 12 homers already in about 25 or so games on the pitching side, too. You're going to have usually, like I said, two of the team's top three starters. So if you see. A guy whose name you rec- recognize from MLB, odds are he's going to be pretty good. Obviously, with all these guys, you should be doing more research to get the most out of your budget. But if you want to just jump in without knowing anything, grab a few guys whose names you recognize, and you're probably going to be rewarded.
1: So, this is something that we see with baseball all the time where you're just stacking certain lineups and certain matchups, and that's how you have success. And we've, we've certainly seen that in the past for DFS. Would you say just stacking the the foreign guys would be a strategy to use, or does DraftKings and FanDuel price them up accordingly, A, based on the name recognition, but more that they do the statistics that you would imagine a foreign player would do in the KBO?
2: I've almost always seen them priced pretty fairly. Uh, you can't generally stack foreign players from one team, because like I said, each team is only allowed to have one. Um, In general, though, they're going to be the most pricey and best players, though. Roberto Ramos, who I mentioned earlier, was somehow one of the cheapest first basemen on DraftKings for quite a while. And he's still, last I checked, the 10th most expensive, despite leading the league in homers, which uh, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I would be all over him whenever you get the chance on DraftKings, for sure. Okay, so it isn't a matter
1: of let's just go ahead and stack whatever
2: the slate might be, all of
1: the foreign players from a different team. It is more so let's just go ahead and target them because they're priced up a little bit higher, but still they're going to be better than most of the competition they face.
2: Yep, And this again, this is mostly a recommendation for if you want to jump in right away, knowing just about one fact, that would be the one fact that I would come in knowing number two.
1: OK, well, hit me with the second fact. What's the second most important thing when you are kind of getting into KBO DFS that you need to account for?
2: Yeah, the next thing you want to look at is you got to, when you're doing your research, adjust your baseline stat expectations compared to the MLB. Um, The game isn't hugely different than Major League Baseball. It had a reputation as being, you know, Homer Heaven. If you remember Eric Thames from a few years ago, he was... How could I forget Eric Thames? Come on, I'm a Blues fan. Exactly. He was absolutely crushing the ball over there, Um, but... They had a juiced ball for several years, and they actually intentionally dejuiced it last year, and it had a big effect. Uh teams scored five and a half runs per game in 2018, but only four and a half runs per game last year, and OPS dropped from 8.03 to 7.22. So at least last year, it was no longer this hitter's paradise. There's been suspicion that the ball is rejuiced again this year. So the OPS is back up kind of halfway in between those two. It's 766. uh, And teams are scoring about 5.3 runs per game, so almost all the way back up. Uh, But if you look a little bit deeper into the numbers, you'll see some bigger differences between the KBO and MLB. The most notable one is the league strikeout rate. Uh, Major League Baseball last year, the league average strikeout rate was 23%. In the KBO this year, it's just 17.5%. So that means if you're doing some research on pitchers and you see a guy striking out, say, about 20% of opposing hitters, in the KBO, that counts as a strikeout arm. That's the equivalent of a guy striking out, you know, upper 20% in MLB. So you've got a lot of these guys, especially some of those pitchers coming over from the MLB who are only striking out, you know, 18 to 20% stateside. They'll go over to the KBO. They'll see that number rise due to the slightly lower level of competition, but it's still sitting, you know, maybe 22 24%. Uh, You may not think that that guy is a strikeout arm at first glance, but given the way people swing over there, they've got a bit more of a contact emphasis. A lot of guys trying to foul balls off. You'll still see plenty of guys going for homers, but the league as a whole is much more contact friendly. So you got to adjust your baselines for what counts as a strikeout arm over there. So does
1: that put the value on, actual strikeout pitchers. And again, I know that the difference between base or for MLB and KOB when it comes to a strikeout pitcher is obvious. But when you're setting a DFS lineup, are you thinking I need to get a guy that can get strikeouts as opposed to if you're setting an MLB DFS lineup and and you can kind of pick and choose the matchup that works best for
2: them? I'm still trying to get strikeout arms definitely in the KBO. It's just you gotta change your definition of what a strikeout arm is. Again, a guy with you know, what would be a league average strikeout rate in MLB is quite strong in that category in KBO. It also means you got to be able to see a pitcher who's only striking out, say, 15%, 16% of guys in the KBO. You would assume that that's quite bad in MLB and that he's probably going to get rocked. But there's plenty of those guys who have a strikeout rate that looks very low but is actually only slightly low, and they do enough other things that they're actually a trustworthy arm despite seeming to be the kind of guy who should get lit up every day.
1: Okay. And if you're doing, again, if you're doing a KBO DFS lineup and, and referencing what you have about the pitchers, would you rather pay up for a pitcher in that instance? That's kind of what I'm looking down or trying to trying to boil down to, or is it still just finding the best value when it comes to hitters, especially if DraftKings is going to make the league, league leading home run leader, uh, you know, as cheap as he has been.
2: Yeah, I've been finding myself paying up for a top pitcher pretty often. Uh, given that there's only 10 teams in the league, there just aren't going to be that many pitcher options on any given day. Uh, in my daily cheat sheets, which I write up every day for a RotoWire, wire I uh, recommend three pitchers on most days, and frequently it's a struggle to find the third that I'd be interested in. So I'm usually pretty happy to pay up for one of the top arms if you happen to get one of them going that day.
1: Number one. Okay, well, what's the the biggest point, the biggest takeaway if you are just getting into KBO DFS and you want to be successful? We've already discussed emphasizing some of the forum players that might be available and the fact that the statistics that you're looking at are probably very different than MLB statistics. But what's the most important one?
2: Yeah, so another interesting difference I've found, and this only applies on DraftKings because FanDuel is actually slightly modifying their game, they only have you, uh, you only select two infielders, two outfielders and two utility on the offensive side. Whereas on draft Kings, you select guys at each position like you'd expect. And I've found that. Yeah. I've found that positional scarcity is not necessarily what you'd expect. It would be. Um, I took a look at the points per game for the top five regulars at each position. This is through Thursday's games. Uh, Top five regulars at each position, top 15 for outfield, because you have to select three of those. Um, And first basemen, as you'd expect, are way above everyone else. And outfield was only slightly ahead of second base. And then there's a pretty big gap down to shortstop. And then third base and catch are actually tied for the lowest scoring positions, at least when considering the top tier of players. That's something that definitely surprised me because we definitely think of the big power positions in MLB as being outfield first base and third base. I don't know if there's, I don't know the reason behind why third baseman would generally be weaker in the KBO, but regardless of the reason, it's definitely been true. So I've been having to adjust my perception of what a good third baseman is over there. There's just not a lot of elite ones right now. So the ones that are merely pretty good, you should be more interested in, than you would think when just looking at their points per game.
1: Interesting. So then you've done – I assume you've done DraftKings and FanDuel games then, correct? Yep. Okay, so in FanDuel, what would be the strategy when it is like that 2-2-2 two, two, two that you described?
2: It almost feels like you don't have to care about positions at all on FanDuel. There have been very okay. few times when I've selected four infielders already and really want a fifth but can't fit them in. It, it almost feels like you're playing with six utility spots and you end up mostly with first baseman and outfielders, the occasional infielder from another position. But most of the time, you're just taking the best slugging first baseman and outfielders, it seems like.
1: OK, so you're, you're loading up on the hitters in FanDuel and, and kind of irregardless of where they're playing, you're just you're making the salaries work as opposed to positions.
2: Yep, pretty much. And that okay. generally means you don't end up with catchers hardly ever over there, though there's a couple top-tier catchers that seem to be pretty good values. It seems like they're getting dinged for being catchers, even though they're even though the position doesn't matter over there. But for the most part, you end up with first baseman and outfielders, it seems like.
1: Okay, and then the strategy I would have to imagine then flips for DraftKings, right? Especially when you're talking about positional scarcity, getting the average or above average, like you said, third baseman – if he is playing on that slate is probably crucial as opposed to maybe finding a top tier first baseman, because you can get a lot of production out of first base in the KBO.
2: Yeah, exactly. There's only a handful of third basemen that I'm comfortable with on any given day. Um, there was, when I checked the numbers yesterday, there was only one third baseman scoring more than eight points per game on DraftKings. And that's uh, Jay gun Hwang of the whiz. He's uh, had a very brief, foray into MLB ball with the uh, Giants a couple years ago. Uh, And he's been the top third baseman, despite the fact that he, that's generally fifth or sixth. Whereas on the first base position, there's a whole ton of guys. Generally that like second tier of first baseman that I almost never end up with on DraftKings, specifically righties because they often don't get the platoon advantage. And usually you're going to either want to, pay up an extra, you know, 800 or so to get the true top-tier first baseman, like Jose Miguel Fernandez of the Tucson Bears, who's led the league in hits last year and is hitting some ridiculous batting average again this year. Or you drop down a bit and get the likes of Roberto Ramos, who, like I said earlier, is somehow the 10th most expensive first baseman, despite being quite possibly the early MVP. But there's a whole category of guys who are quite good, Uh, the likes of Byung-Ho Park, another former MLB player, who I just find myself not ending up with, despite the fact that they're quality players, because DraftKings doesn't have any utility position, and there's just so many first basemen worth looking at.
1: This is a harder question to answer for FanDuel, so go ahead and just apply this for DraftKings. But have you noticed there is a essentially a line of demarcation for a successful DFS lineup for DraftKings? Like, is there one thing that you you need to have, or, or that you've seen be successful? Uh, most of the time or or as opposed to baseball? Because I know you've done plenty of DFS for MLB and other sports as well. So I I imagine you can kind of see a bit of a trend developing when it comes to KBO DFS.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I found at least in the early going, the prices tended to be a little bit all over the place because both of these sites are, you know, they're new to the KBO also. I'm not sure exactly what went into their formulas for setting prices at the beginning of the year, and they have been adjusting them, but you'll still find some bargains, guys who are you know, only a couple ticks above the minimum price who regularly say bat second and are above league average batters. So I think if you can find a couple guys who are way underpriced, but still competent, you'll have a room to add a lot of the top players. Because I've noticed in the KBO, because the talent pool is just shallower, it's, you know, Korea is just a much smaller country than MLB and they're only allowed three non-Korean players. It means the top players seem to stand out just a little bit more than you're used to. So finding ways to go for really, I guess you'd call it a stars and scrubs lineup tends to work pretty well on DraftKings because you'll find a couple scrubs who really aren't scrubs that are priced like scrubs, and then you'll be able to fit in the maximum number of those elite guys.
1: Excellent. Well, Thanks a lot, Eric, for coming on today. Is there anything you want to plug before we sign off?
2: Uh, If you haven't gotten into KBO DFS yet, I write up a daily cheat sheet every single day, give some of my top picks, top stacks, top bargains, that sort of thing. Um, I highly recommend checking those out.
1: Where, Where can they follow you on Twitter, too? I'm at Eric,
2: with a K, underscore Halterman.
1: There you go, Eric. With a K underscore Haltman. Well, thank you, Eric, for stopping by and uh, breaking down some DFS KBO with us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I hope we get a bunch of new players. It's been a really fun league to follow and play.
1: That does it for us on episode seven of the show. Special thanks to the Racing Pulses, as always, for lending their music, as well as Eric Holtman for hopping on to talk some KBO. Remember, check in next week to catch the start of our NFL Dynasty conversation.